Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. What is going on, agency owners? This is Jordan Ross, founder of Eight Figure Agency, where we make it possible for you to grow a thriving eight-figure agency or multi-seven-figure agency without having to work. And today we have an old client of mine, and more importantly, a really good friend of mine, Nate Rubin. He, he is and was the founder of Rubin Digital. He's had a successful exit. He's gone on to his second businesses on the financial services sector. And he's done something that few people can say they they have done. He's gone on and sold his business and exited. A hard thing to do that this beautiful man has has done. And Nate, for everyone that doesn't know you, what do they got to know about Nate Rubin? Like, what's up with this feng shui that you got? Because it's on fire every time I see you. And what's the high level of Nate? Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me on. I don't know if there's anything you have to know about me. But True. if there's things that you're interested in, That's I'd true. say there's there's like the what and then there's the why. You know, the what I've done, I built a digital marketing company. I worked with Jordan to add in process and scale. And I got clear that it wasn't my long-term passion. So I got out and uh, I sold the business. So there's another what, like, you know, we could talk about what that process was like. But really the why you might want to know things about me is that very similar to Jordan, I believe that we're here on earth for like a much bigger purpose. And business is typically the vehicle for all the other things we're going to do in life. And a lot of what I talk about with people today are what are those things and, and how do we get there and make those things happen? Guys, I, I fucking love this, man. Like I will sing that from the rooftops when I introduce people in Nate, who, by the way, is like one of the most well-connected people I know, like that he is someone you want to know and be in, in relationship with. You're, dude, you're just, a, your energy's fucking awesome. Like, I had a, a stressful day yesterday, just some interpersonal conflict with someone in my network, and just kind of being recentered, like the what, and more importantly, the why. And, you know, that's not coming to this conversation. I'm like, you sold your business. Let's talk about how that happened and all that fun stuff. But you're really bringing it back to center. It's fucking gorgeous, man. It's fucking beautiful. I appreciate that, that energy. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that a lot of times, especially on business podcasts or around people who are, are constantly in the like, how do we bring value to each other? There's this mindset of this is what I do. This is how you can engage with me. And if you want more value, let's chat, which there's a time and place for and is awesome. But one of the things I love about you and the network you've cultivated, it's like everybody can bring value. But now let's get to know who are you? What makes you tick? What are the things that drive you and you know how did i even vet you i found out you were connected to my my bro from summer joe Hendlin, oh, baby yeah shout out i gave him a shout and he's like jordan is this guy and for anybody who's like unsure about jordan like i'm gonna give you my testimonial because his language patterns everything he said every way he approached me and this, this guy's too fucking good to be true like he's full of shit i don't trust him i remember it's, you said that because it's just it's too perfect and so I called Joe and Joe's like, no, Jordan, like he's into like this personal development stuff. He's very spiritually oriented. He's just a good dude. And when I opened up to like, no, just let the experience happen. 
it's been perfect and we've vibed on so many levels. So that's, that's kind of why I try to bring this wow. to today because that's, that's what, wow. that's what the relationship is. First off, that moved me. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Obviously everyone listening, probably no one knows Joe Henlon unless you're a friend of Nate's or a college friend of mine. I went to college with Joe. We were, I was in a fraternity in college and Joe and I were in the same, what's called the pledge class if you're not from Greek life. And I want you to consider, right? I haven't spoken to Joe. I saw Joe randomly in Israel, like in 26, I graduated in 2016. So I saw him randomly in Israel with his troop. That was awesome. But Nate called up on someone from my past who I hadn't spoken to in literally years, whose impression of me was from my young 20s. Like, not even young 20s. I met Joe when I was 18, right? So I think it's so important to really understand that your reputation really does precede you. Whoever you are now or who you have been, if you don't go for years talking to someone and then someone asks about you, that's how you remember in that's how you remember it in their mind space. So I just, you know, my dad raised me to be a mensch. Like that was like, I got lectured on that shit. Just treat people nice, be a god kind human. Obviously, when you were in a moment of skepticism coming into our friendship, our part professional partnership, obviously that shined through. So that's something I totally forgot about. But I really I think that's a great point to to share. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Well, your reputation is everything. I mean, a lot of times we get caught up in this role of like, I'm Jordan Ross and I help agency owners scale and sell their business, which is, it's a hat you wear. It's a role you play, but you're so much more than that. There are few people who could do what you do, but you've got to have that deeper level to why, why does the partnership exist? Yeah. The, the what and the why baby. So speaking of the what, when we met, you were in a space where you uh, were looking to remove yourself from the data and you ultimately ended up selling. So let's talk about the, a few what's there. When we collaborated and then after our collaboration, you were able to, to ultimately step away. What were the three, four, five critical things that you ended up doing that enabled that sale that allowed you to step away that when you look back on over life? First thing, absolute most important thing, if you're a business owner, you need to know your numbers inside and out. You need to eat, breathe, sleep those numbers. And I knew that before I worked with you. I went through the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. I'm also a big fan of like QuickBooks. I lived in that thing like three days a week. I think if you don't know your numbers well, you're not going to be prepared for the exit properly because you're not going to know how to speak to your company very well. And you're, you don't like you don't get the high level. So like that's first and foremost. You have that in place. Number two is going to be SOPs, this idea of like procedures and operations, which was admittedly my weak point. Jordan came in and that that was what I needed. He's an operations guru. I mean, spent a lot of time with Amazon, you know, crushed it. That's really why he's doing what he's doing today. So I'm sure you can expound on those points. And then really the third one was transparency with my team about what's the goal in keeping the sale very focused on, is this going to be what's best for my team? Is this what's going to be best for my clients? And then will it be good enough for me? And I took less money than I could have to make it all about me. But I said, is this buyer going to keep my employees? And is this buyer going to implement systems that are going to improve the relationships with my clients? And then am I going to get enough to be happy? And I'll, I kind of hit all three of those. Yeah, really well said. So let's just do a quick recap. First is know your numbers, which... Guys, when you go into due diligence, you really get grilled, right? So they're going to look through your books. 
They're going to look through your past two years. They're going to ask you about your lifetime value, your pipeline, how many appointments, your closing rate, what happened. And they're going to be making a lot of assumptions and being able to extrapolate when we acquire this business for this lump sum or this sum of money, can we put our funnel on top of it and make a return and some, and a lot more than some, right? So you have to know your numbers. The SOPs, yeah, as you're saying, I was having flashbacks. The SOPs, I actually dropped a thread on that this morning, but I call it the OS, your operating system. Like how do, what is our approach for building websites? What's our approach for branding? What's our approach for creative services, right? What is our methodology, step one, all the way to the last step? And then how do we define each step through an SOP? And then on the, the components where, you know, we need to train someone to think on their own, how do we do that, right? And if you could boil that all into the OS, that's part of your sale, right? You're giving away your, that, that's intellectual property. You're not only selling your company, your team members, your revenue streams, but you're also selling the how you do the thing. And then the final thing was, let me ask you this, Nate. So for the final component for you, right? When you were selling, you put your people first, which I love. And I think that a lot of people are really scared of selling. I know I, I've been burned by a few people in the marketplace. I've been burned by an accountant recently, the last 12 months, been burned by someone I was in business with. Some people are just shady characters and you really don't know those, some of those things don't come out and like you, you and I live with our heart on our sleeve and we want to engage with good people. How did you kind of sniff out that this person you were selling to really is going to be a fiduciary? They're going to not only take care of your people, but your business and do, do right by everyone. Like, how'd you go through that process? Yeah, that's a good question. We had this back and forth just for, for context. I went through a process of trying to shop the business on my own in 20, the very beginning of 2020. And then in uh, the beginning of 2021, it wasn't until I worked with a broker in uh, 2022 that I got the right kind of traction. Um, I spent a lot of time wasted talking to people who were very interested in the idea of a deal, but just didn't have it in them to commit. So I think first working with a broker kind of helped sniff out all the BS. I had, I mean, I had an offer one time that wasn't even really an offer to buy my business. It was like, hey, if you come over to my company, I'll give you a great salary and a bonus structure based on how many of your clients we can convert to our model, which was bullshit. That wasn't what I was looking for. So where I finally got to in this deal, I had a situation where they asked a lot of the right questions up front. We covered a lot of ground in due diligence within like a week. We had an offer within two and we had uh, an LOI and a signed initial agreement in less than a month. So I could tell that they were passionate about actually making it happen. And then where we would get hung up on was my numbers based on a contract only model versus on an employee based model. And he was willing to commit to the employees, but just had to reevaluate the numbers. When I saw the commitment there, there was definitely a leap of faith. But at the same time, we structured the deal where it was 35% upfront, 65% over the next three years. So there was going to be this like, hey, if he doesn't keep his word, there's a potential that things aren't going to go well for him. So we have this mutually aligned interest. Beautiful. I want to go back to the sale in a second. Yeah. Because I have recently spoken to a founder in my network who sold his company last year, over a year ago now. He had a deal similar to yours, upfront payment, and then a payout over like a certain amount of years. And he has not received his payment yet for 20. He has, he's supposed to get four payments every year. 
he's got him one of three. So there's been three quarters down. He's only got one. So like things like that. What did you structure anything? So I want to go back to that. So you mentioned the three things, financials. SOS. Sorry, my mind is just kind of blown because I'm like, well, he hasn't gotten his payment. Did he, has he gotten gonna, his business back? <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to talk about it. We're going we're okay. gonna to do it. Anything else? Is there anything else that allowed you to make the sale? Like when they were going through your business, it was like, okay, I built this thing that's actually allowing this to happen. I would say um, those were the things, the big things. But one thing is like kind of a, an esoteric concept, but you have to be willing to sell your business. There's a lot of people who want their cake and they want to eat it too, which I didn't even really get. I thought that was a stupid phrase until like five <laughs> years ago when I'm like, you literally can't have the cake once you've eaten it. So that's, but I digress. So I was mentally able to get over the self-identification of Nate Rubin, owner of Rubin Digital, Nate Rubin, business owner. That part of my ego left me in April, 2019. I was going through a lot of personal experience where I said, hey, this business I've built is never going to love me back. I need to be willing to separate myself from what I've been doing in order to move forward into whatever God has in store for me. So like that was a really critical piece because I was willing to let go when the time came. The other thing of what prepared me and I think would prepare other agency owners is to build in recurring revenue models that will enhance the value of your one-off services. So I talked to a lot of people who've done much more impressive numbers than I have in project work, but they don't do any web hosting. And I go, why not? Like I approach, some people approach web hosting as it's a pain in the ass. I want nothing to do with it. Other people go the reseller model of like, I'm going to be a real estate agent. I'm going to connect you with your host and I'm going to get a one-time fee. I said, I want to be a real estate developer. I'm going to buy and build the nicest plot of land.